On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're all fur and fangs with Sarah Michelle Geller in Paramount Plus's Wolfpack, experimenting with a little brutal honesty, along with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford in Apple Shrinking, and living in a superpowered world in Disney Plus original show, Extraordinary. <laughs> I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, your weekly guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that would like to extend our emotional support to all of you still reeling from the gut punch of that first magnificent episode of The Last of Us. But we will be talking about other things that aren't The Last of Us in this show, uh, because there are many other shows out this week, and to help me sort through the televisual detritus to come up with the rare nuggets of genius are my two co-hosts. First up, of course, our very own purveyor of outsize handled mugs, a potter of no small renown, it's Kay Ribeiro. Hello. How you doing, Kay? Very good, thank you. I liked how you said extraordinary, like Alan Partridge. Well, actually, it was a bit Partridge. Extraordinary. <laughs> but it was more of a kind of throwback mockery to our very own Terry White. He used to go, it's extraordinary yeah. every time she reviewed something. So I kind of, I, I miss her. Really, more than yeah. ever today. I wish she was reviewing this because she could literally call it extraordinary. But it is not just Kay here today. We are also joined by Pilot TV's beating heart. I refer, of course, to the notorious B-O-Y-D. Uh, <laughs> how are you, Boyd? You good? Thanks. I'm glad you made a topical reference to my beating heart considering my high blood pressure issues <laughs> that I've just told you about. We've got a situation here. Yeah. Apparently, it's ex- exposure to me should be avoided yes. at all costs yes. because Boydie has high blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Adding to the stress. I'll try not to, to stress right, you out any more than normal. Careful. So coming up this week, our retro spoiler special on breeders, which we're going to be covering now. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. That's probably what started it all. Yeah, it probably I is. I bet. If we go back in time, when did this high blood pressure issue start? Well, a <laughs> well, massive <laughs> argument with a massive bell in the background. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's fair. I apologise, Boyd. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm sorry to do this to you. Um, but hey, look, you know I said we were done talking about The Last of Us. Turns Did out, you? No, I don't even know why you even said that. I mean, I lied. I lied. Yeah, of course I you lied. Fundamentally, no, 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 no one took you seriously. I fundamentally lied. Uh, and mainly because next Monday, next Monday, so next Monday as in the next podcast that goes out, mm. we'll also see the release of our first Last of Us spoiler special podcast, uh, which drops on Boyd Hilton's OnlyFans, otherwise known as Pilot Plus. Uh, you'll be able to hear me, Nick DeSemlin, Helen O'Hara, and Amon Warman talking about the first three episodes in forensic detail, uh, as well as hear from the show's creators, Neil Druckmann and Craig Mason. But that's not all. Because also on Pilot Plus, I actually dropped a special bonus this week in the form of our Art of Storytelling panel from the live 200th episode. Those of you who were there on the day, who saw it, will know that it was an absolutely brilliant one. And this saw Terry talk to Sarah Phelps, uh, Joe Barton, Jack Rook, and Sophie Petzl, all about the art of telly storytelling, uh, as well as drawing out each of their stories on their biggest fuck-ups, which was a lot of fun as well. Uh, So that is on Pilot Plus 2. And this week's Pilot Plus, uh, we're going to be talking about Lockwood & Co., which is Joe Cornish's new show, which doesn't make it into this Monday broadcast because, uh, well, it's embargoed. So, you know, we'll be talking about that on Pilot Plus as well. In case people think we're deliberately holding back the good stuff, like Lockwood & Co. Yeah. Slash, who knows if it is good, can't say. But we can't say. We don't want to spoil it. But we're not. It's embargoed. We are genuinely embargoed. So it just so works out that by the time Pilot Plus drops... Yes, the embargo will have lifted. The embargo lifts. Yes. Pretty much that day or the day before or whatever, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so we are fine to talk about I'm it I'm just then. confirming that you're not bullshitting everyone. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse you're me, not swindling everyone. They yeah. trust me. These people do trust they? me. Yeah, of course no, they do. Okay. I, look at my face. Is this the face of a man mm. who would lie to you? No. No, yes. no it is not. <laughs> <laughs> I am as honest James, that's what they call me. Well, it's one of your names. <laughs> no one. No one's ever called No one has ever called me no. that. That's absolutely true. Uh, fine. Look, enough shilling for Pilot Plus. Apologies to those of you who don't want to hear about it. Please give us your money. It's only 199 emperorline.com slash pilot TV. Let's hear what you've been watching this week. What have you been watching? 
Okay. I have been watching the sex lives of college girls. College. You perv. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you spoke about it last podcast mm, and I, I routinely ignored you and then I discovered it for myself <laughs> and found it very, very funny. I started on uh, series two, episode one, but actually I want to go back and watch it from the start. And I was just like, I thought, refreshingly surprised about how funny it was because I don't find teen dramas that funny usually. And or then comedies. Yeah, comedy, sorry, yeah. And and actually, do you know what, at the end, when I watched credits and I saw Mindy Kaling's uh, name, and I was like, oh, of course that's why it's funny. Told you it was Mindy Kaling last week I on know, the podcast. I know, I know. Yeah. In a, one ear and out the other. It was a zone out. Yeah. Um, but the thing I liked about it most was that it's got a really funny Asian lead character, you know, it was just like sassy and fun and like all the rest of it and just wasn't stereotypical, which is quite, you know, as I said, refreshing for for an Asian character, an Asian lead, in my opinion. See, I quite want to watch that, but when I saw it was season two and I realised we'd... Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't know when we missed season one. Like, because you I ignored it, probably. It. I mentioned it. it. It was ITV2, James. Oh, and right. I blame you for your... Not only, <laughs> I think your ITV2 bias is probably even greater than your ITV1 <laughs> bias. So I think... I don't think I even mooted it for right. review, but it was on ITV2. It's okay. now moved to ITVX, which is... Yeah, maybe you're probably slightly more open to it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been watching that, and I would recommend that. And also, I went to the screening of The Diplomat yesterday, which is going to be on Alibi. It's coming up. Obviously, can't talk too much about it, but it's written by Ben Richards and has a stellar cast, including Sophie Rundle, Danny Sapani, Stephen Cree, and Serena. I can't say her name. Mintegi? <laughs> I'm going to say that. Let's go with that, right? Ben Richards, who wrote the first season of Strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was at Battersea Power Station, which I'm not sure if you've been to. Sorry for anyone who's not, you know, it's very London-centric talking about this, but it's incredible in there and they served the best canapes and drinks. So on that basis alone, I could recommend this it. This is what but... we want to hear. What were the canapes then? Oh my God, delicious. Because it's set in Barcelona. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> no. Because I will tell you. No, go on. You know, I like told to... you it was filmed in Barcelona, of course, by the way. You remember that as well? Yeah. Filmed entirely on location in Barcelona. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, they served olives and manchego cheese. Mm. We had like croquetas. Yeah, very nice. Delicious. Delicious. Did you have patatas bravas? No, but we had padron peppers. Delicious. Mm. Yeah. Did you have patatas bravas? Patatas bravas are quite messy, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. They are. Saucy. The oily mayonnaise. I just like the idea that they're just angry potatoes. I yeah. think that's just a great concept. <laughs> yeah, that's quite funny. Yeah, and little bottles of... Um, Water. Beer? No. no salt? Well, they had, they had beer, but they had like, um, it wasn't champagne, it wasn't Prosecco, it was... Carver. Carver, of course. Ah. Carver, that's it yes. with straws. So obviously it got quite pissed and yeah. No, no. So, so, just to be clear, <laughs> just to be clear, after we spoke yesterday, you went off to Battersea Power Station on mm -hmm. your own and got twatted. That's yeah. essentially yeah, what we're basically. saying. Pretty much. Okay. That's yeah. why I'm tired today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she watched so the show that she clearly cannot remember anything about. <laughs> no, I can, but I, I think it's embargoed. I can't say anything. So because I can't right. say in Barcelona. Yes, I yeah, did. Fine. So, um, I, instead, I've reviewed the canapes. Okay. So, that's more, good. I'll review it later mm. when it comes out. Right. Okay. That's what I've been watching. Excellent. I did a two a two launch day this week. A double launch. A double launch. So in the morning, I went to see Nolly, which is the new Russell T. Davis uh, drum series for ITX. About that. That's also embargoed. But, and we will be hearing from Russell T. Davis in the next yes. episode, because I've conducted that interview with him for the podcast. And then in the evening... I went to see a show called The Gold, which has kind of crept up on me without without me really noticing that I don't, I don't remember it ever is. being announced. Do you, so The Gold is a drama, BBC One drama about the Brinks Matt robbery. Do you remember the Brinks Matt robbery in the early eighties? I don't know what these words mean. Well, yeah, well, there was a, there was a robbery in the early eighties where a group of fairly basic 
South London crims, <laughs> six of them, raided the Brinksmat Depot, which is right near Heathrow. What is a Brinksmat Depot? It's just the name of the depot, Brinksmat. Ah. It's the company, I think. Okay. Oh, I see. Brinksmat. And there was just money there. Yeah, and there was, well, so Boy, they this went... This sounds like the curse. Is this, ba- is this what the curse well, was based the funny on? Thing is, this is, like, very yeah, similar. this is the inspiration for the curse, I believe. Oh. I believe, yeah. So the curse is the comedy show from Tom Davis, etc., mm-hmm. which is set in the 80s and about a robbery of gold. But anyway, right. in the, what happened was the um, this gang of, of fucking idiots, basically, um, tried to rob this, and they were looking for cold, hard cash, foreign yes. currency, of which they heard there was like a million or whatever in this vault there. So they went to this vault and they held, it was an armed robbery, but they had no idea, not even in the vault yet, were loads and loads of bars of pure, solid gold worth like 40 million pounds. Wow. wow. In 1981. Think how much they'd be worth now. Yeah. And so they just thought, oh, we'll, get, we'll take that. And so they literally, off the cuff, stole these hundreds of bars of actual Billion. gold. But how do you offload them? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> so the int- this is all, by the way, this is all facts. So I'm not spoiling it. I'm not discussing whether how good this, the show is. I'll talk about how good the show is. But I just hadn't, didn't know these facts. But basically, the 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 guy who wrote the um, this drama series wrote also wrote a, fa- a non-fiction book about it. He's like the world's expert on the Brinks Matt robbery. It was the biggest ever, it was one of the biggest ever um, robberies in, in history, in the world, in terms of the value they stole. And he also said basically that if you bought any gold and items since basically the early 80s, up to including now, it will have some residue oh, of wow. the gold that they stole because it basically went back into the system. It just gets recycled. And he said, basically, the company that had that gold that was sold from them ended up coming back their own some of their own gold Check. from the, the criminal element. That, yeah. Check the gold, it's such, a, it's such an insane world, um, the gold market, that it just affected the whole... And he said it affected the whole kind of capitalist system of, particularly of the UK. And that... Because it's underwritten by gold. Yeah, and that the Docklands, all of that development, the Docklands, like Canary Wharf and everything, was built using money stolen, the gold stolen from the Brinks Matt robbery. We, uh-huh. need, to, we need to investigate that medallion yeah. you're wearing, Boyd, and see where it's made. See, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so just the story is amazing. I was like, this is a whole amazing story that I didn't really know about. I'd heard of the Brinks Matt robbery. But and then the cast of this actual drama that I went to see, that I won't say what I thought because it's in bargain, and we were reviewing in a couple of weeks, I think. Jack Loudon, favourite oh, yeah. of yes. from um, that show. Yes. The Wild Horses. And slow Horses. Hugh Bonneville, <laughs> no less. Hugh Bonneville playing a detective who's really, really good, interesting character for him. Sean Harris from the Mission Impossible films. Yes. Tom Cullen, who's a, I love for years. Dominic Cooper. Isn't it? It's a star-studded cast, really, really good cast, and um, I will not. And we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so that was really exciting. That was the evening. Um, Were there screening. any canapes? Do you know what? I think there were just drinks. There were drinks in the BFI in the BFI um, special area. Yeah, not even a spring roll. I don't think there was a spring roll. I mean, it's the fuck? BBC. BBC they, they can't. BBC can't. If spend... they were smart, they should have had canapes with gold leaf on top. You see, just a bit. Of a yeah, nod if it'd to been it. like Sky, but BBC can't spend money on things hospitality like that. Otherwise, they'd be on the front page of the Daily Mail. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like I remember going on the set of God, like Luther season. What was it? Four? Might have been four. I'm talking. It's the one that Rose Leslie was in, and she was in there. Obviously, she'd done Game of Thrones, yeah. where the HBO craft services was just like you know, it's like walking into fucking Waitrose and then BBC there's like a half-eaten loaf yeah. of Hovis mm. in the corner oh, gotcha. of the room yeah. and it's if you're just, lucky. Yeah, it's yeah. slightly different yeah, uh, it's tempo. exactly what you'd expect from, yeah. from the BBC yeah. um, the other thing I've been catching up on is Atlanta because season 4 it dropped, dropped yes, in the, suddenly in between Christmas and New Year on Disney Plus and was not I mean uh, I, I mean you'd barely even know if you didn't get the Disney Plus <laughs> highlights email that I get kind of, which also arrives almost halfway through the month 
which it's covering, if you like. At least it seemed to in that case. It's going to say Disney Plus PRs listening are furious by my claim. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> anyway, Atlanta surprised me by arriving at that time. And we should, I, it's easy to forget. I, like, but it's a fucking brilliant show. I have to swear to emphasize how good it is. Okay. Um, Donald Glover's. And I think the last series, I think we reviewed the, we? that first incredibly pretentious three. episode. Yeah, which yes. had a very pretentious one word, ambitious, bold, <laughs> um, kind of standalone story. Yeah. I mean, and not kind of, it was a standalone. It fact, was. There were four episodes, I think, out of that 10 that were literally complete standalone stories, nothing to do really, apart from thematically, with the main characters, the four main characters of Atlanta. This is back to actual Atlanta. It also mostly took place in Europe randomly. Now they're all back in Atlanta, and this is def- this is the final season. But it's just still so incredibly inventive, and and I'm trying to. What's the what's another word for bold? What should I go for? Just get, audacious, I, audacious. That's it. Stick with bold. Um, no, no, it's your I'm brand. Got, no, audacious. <laughs> it's the other word. I mean, you use audacious all the time. As well. um, you find there's episode one, which really tickled me, is it all built around an air fryer because I was obsessed <laughs> like, late last year with like air fryers and whether I should get one or not. Has anyone got an air fryer here? Do you know what? Sarah no. Phelps tweeted about this exact same thing right. earlier today. Air fryers, what's up with them? Are they nice? Should I get one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I feel like people get them and they just don't use them. Mm, what are they I for? So. What do they do? What are they? They just, are. Yeah. It's like an alternative to an oven, basically. It's a type of oven. It's a misleading name because it's really an it oven. doesn't fry anything. Not really. It's it an oven. Bakes and it bakes. But I um, have an oven. Yeah, but it kind of it roasts and bakes really quickly, so it's much quicker than a normal oven. Uh-huh. Think about when you know when you have to heat up an oven and it has to be. Well, I have a fan oven board, so I don't really need to do that. No, even fan ovens take a little while, don't they? Not long. Oh, okay, They're well, it's even quicker than a fan oven. Okay, but also better apparently. Like so, like roast potatoes. Yeah. People always say is like the, the the main thing that air fryers are brilliant at. And they proper like crispy skin. I can't believe I'm getting into. This. <laughs> uh, but you started now. They do a bit in. <laughs> <laughs> it causes a massive scene. The air fryer returned in the first episode of Atlanta. So, so it's fair enough. Um, but I just like the fact that he tapped into how the people are fucking obsessed the with obsession they of in a good air fryers, Particularly yeah. during lockdown, everyone was yeah. talking about the air fryer. Yeah. Well, I think, see, I only heard about it recently. I, I missed it. No, I think it's because we listened to the Wolf and Our podcast and Tom Davis was it's talking partly. about it. Also, they have a big mm. thing they're, they're on this morning. They've done a couple of like, which should you get an air fryer or not? <laughs> <Do you laughs> know what? And obviously, James doesn't watch popular culture. Absolutely not. Um, I don't have an air fryer. Do you know what I've got though? A steamer. <laughs> I uh, bought a steamer. Recently? Uh, about a year ago. Oh, bought a steamer, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, mainly yeah, for steaming, steaming vegetables, but actually it makes the best rice. Because you know like you, like you have your home at Indian, whatever yeah. you have, but but the rice is always like soggy and it's yeah. wet and disgusting. Like you in the steamer, it's like straight out of, you know, your local brilliant curry house and it's just the most amazing fluffy rice. I love it. So mm. I love my steamer. I feel like we should get, get some ads for steamers and stuff like that. Someone should be like... Gotcha, yeah. 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 Can you get sponsored by steamers. Yeah. <laughs> get the marketing team on it and the air fryers. Yeah. yeah. So that so that, then there's an episode three. These are the ones I've, I've, I'm kind of halfway through. Episode three is all about D'Angelo. You know D'Angelo? You weren't a cable mm-hmm. you James weren't. It's a, no idea. It's a famous... Isn't he's British, isn't he? Soul kind of artist and there's a whole episode where um, they try and become um, his try and work with him basically like to get to D'Angelo they're told they have to go through a secret hole in the wall of this like bleak room (laughs) it's so brilliantly weird and kind of magical and then there's also there's a whole episode about a serial killer um, who's trying to track down people who recorded videos of themselves dancing to Soldier Boy's song or Crank That it's just completely it's one of the least predictable most inventive shows of the last Five years or so. So, yeah, just shout out to Atlanta. And we didn't get in our top 20. I think I'd revise that now because 
hadn't really seen it, hadn't seen it, you know, when we did our top 20. And he, and it's also going to get completely lost because it arrived, you know, just before the new year in, in British terms. It, like, it was in a lot of American top 10s and 20s of the year by American critics. But British people, unless you watched it and went, you know, unless you kind of illegally watched it or whether or made sure you watched it before it arrived on Disney Plus here, it fell by the wayside, which for an extraordinary show <laughs> is a scandal. So yeah, shout out for Atlanta. Season four, brilliant. Okay. What did I watch this week? Oh, so I finished Echo 3. Mm. Ten episodes. And it's not a limited series. <laughs> it's, it's, it is, really? It's conceived as an ongoing concern. Oh, I didn't realise that. Uh, that said, it has like, if it didn't get another season, it wouldn't be the end of the world because it kind of, it, right. it does a good job. Again, just first of all, two things I want to say. First of all, it doesn't go at all where you think it's going to go. I know I said this last time, but it really doesn't. And I think also what it explores is not just, you know, the kidnapping and being kidnapped. It's the sort of the state of mind you would be in, you know, what it would do to you, like the lasting impact being kidnapped would have, like how it would affect you mentally. And it goes down some really deep, dark rabbit holes in that area, which is incredible. And I know we talked about the budget a lot, and I know it's not just the little lingering shots of the the, the snails and stuff like that in this, but <laughs> there, there is an episode that is quite literally an hour-long firefight. The whole thing is, it's, it's just an hour-long action sequence, pretty much. Yeah. And I was just like, I cannot imagine how much this episode cost. And then the episode after that, there's another one that goes on for maybe 40 minutes. And it's just like, I, did, I, don't, I don't understand where they got this money from. And then there's a flashback sequence where they're all CGI youthed. And I'm like, well, that's got to be the budget oh, of like wow. 18 other shows on one episode. And it's just, it is lavish. It is lush. It is all of these <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of absolutely blown by it. Like, I felt like almost every episode Blown away that, by it? Blown away by it. Blown all of these it. things. I, 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 I don't was I blown by it again? I mean, God, there's a lot of yeah. money being spent <laughs> I mean, that, that really is premium <laughs> TV. <isn't it? laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, there are reasons why I subscribe to Apple TV+, because I mean, yeah. they go that extra it, mile. They really do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, weirdly, I actually said that exact same thing on last week's podcast, oh and I picked God. it up in the edit, and oh. I was like, oh, I've got to say that out, but clearly Damn. I've done it again, I'm leaving this one in. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, other than getting blown by Echo 3, which I very much enjoyed, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I do recommend that, you should definitely see it, and not just for the cheap thrills. Uh, I also started watching Vikings Valhalla. Oh, that's, uh, that's on brand. Yeah, it yeah. is on brand, but was a little bit disappointed. <gasps> yeah, so I watched the first episode of Vikings Valhalla, and I was like, you know, it's fine, but I kind of feel like it was just kind of lots of sort of wandering around, and like I just it didn't hook me. I might watch one more episode of Valhalla before I give up on it, but it hasn't it hasn't drawn me in the same way the first season did. So I'm I'm a little bit. Valhalla, Valhalla, Freydis and Harald and Olaf and Leif, Leif Eriksson. Shouldn't have started. You shouldn't have started. No, but that's 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 broadly speaking all I've watched this week because I watched many episodes of of many of the things that we've done this week. Oh yeah, which we will which we will get into. There was a lot. I think I forgot to say that the Briggs Matt thing I was talking about was called the Gold. Did I say that? you did say that? Yeah, did I? Okay. You said the Gold, and you said there was a heist, and I was like, oh, were they after cash? Because it didn't click in my head that a show called Gold about a heist might have been about stealing gold. Fine, fine. So I'm I'm observant that way. Good. Right, shall we move on to this week's listener question? Well, this week's listener question comes from Gary Allen. And Gary says the following. I was wondering what the team thinks about the death of TV releases on physical formats, be it DVD or Blu-ray. Of the Empire 2022 Top 20 list, I think Francis Pilot TV 
2022. <laughs> Just four releases exist in a format that can be bought, kept, and cherished forever. To the BBC's credit, Sherwood, The Responder, and The English are all available. Yet no HBO shows, no Disney Plus shows, no Netflix shows, and no Apple TV Plus shows. Is it a costing? No demand. As someone nerdy enough to adjourn, adjourn his man cave? Adorn, surely. Adorn his man cave <laughs> with all manner of film and TV-related tat. I'm growing increasingly fr frustrated that I cannot buy the TV I love on disc. That we placed in a box, put on a shelf, and lightly gather dust. That aside, the frequency that these shows disappear from streaming platforms seemingly overnight, restricting my access to them, also terrifies me. Thanks for the show, Gary. The man makes a good point. <laughs> the man makes a good point. How do you feel? Are you oh. are you enthralled to physical media, or do you give no fucks? I mean, don't get me started. Yeah, it's uh, it's infuriating. I think it is infuriating. You can I mean, understand why they don't do it, though, can't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it's a dwindling market, it has to be said. But then... So was vinyl, so were vinyl albums, you know, until, until everyone suddenly realised they really want to keep vinyl albums going and then became kind of big again. And now there's absolutely no way that vinyl is going to go away anytime soon. And I think, I mean, it's slightly different because there's a whole audio quality thing about vinyl versus CD, etc. But I think there's a, still a market out there for really good TV shows coming on, on, on home video. And I actually think it's slightly, I was looking at the list where he, where, what was that guy's name? Uh, this was Gary. 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 And I think what they do most of the time now with shows, like say HBO shows, is they wait until the new season of something is about to arrive and then they'll release it on physical media. That do, They did it with Succession. So mm. I believe just before Succession season three arrived, last two years ago, they brought out season two on DVD, not on Blu-ray, infuriatingly. Well, House of the Dragons available on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K yeah. came out before right. Christmas. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't there you go. And Game of Thrones is all out on Blu-ray is. DVD, isn't it? Et cetera. So I think they're big shows they still know they can get a fairly decent there's a fairly decent market for them yeah. I don't know about the, the Disney Plus shows that's interesting American Horror Story used to come out you know for example on physical media pretty reliably but seems to have, that seems to have stopped since it went from Fox to Disney Plus mm. it is an issue I think and, and it, it wouldn't be so much of an issue it wasn't the fact that you can't rely on your digital acquisitions mm. not being randomly deleted or written off for tax or written purposes, off for tax yes. purposes. <laughs> and that is unbelievable outrageous and also like you have to really be careful if you've got like I've got Sky Q as I believe Kay has mm. and like you, you know you have to be really careful you don't accidentally delete half your library when you download a UHD football game for three hours or whatever yes yeah, so I example. must watch that yeah, yeah. so um, I yeah I think it's I've still got a massive collection of DVDs and Blu-rays I have to say, in my cupboards at home, in my kitchen cupboards. Um, but I'm not, I very rarely kind of use any of them or watch any of them, but it's a comfort to me that I've still got them. And a lot of those are TV ones, a lot, you know, not all of them. And there's loads of movies as well. But yeah, I think it's it's really sad. And I think... And the, the weird thing is, there are, there are companies like this, the company that puts out vintage TV... Network, I think, in network, yeah. And I know, for, for example, Crossroads, which is um, Ross Xavier's show, Cross, um, Nolly, is all about the star of Crossroads from the ITV soap from the 70s, 80s, etc. And I believe they're bringing out like a 30-disc set oh, wow. of Crossroads Seems on DVD. But they'll sell quite well, I bet, because people... Nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia. It's fun to watch. Those, the, the, you know, these kind of... <laughs> your face, James's face, right? So it's fun to watch. He did not agree. Nice. <laughs> um, but they will sell, I bet, because there, there's, a, there's a market out there for people obsessive TV you know in quotes nerds of which I'm one um, for these types of shows so yeah um, the Dennis Potter show Sings Head which I mentioned last week that you love yes that I love I've got that on DVD and I was trying to find it for a friend um, at Christmas to give them as a Christmas present and I couldn't find it 
apart from on import, I think, from America. But you don't watch these DVDs because you always have a go at me when I do a rewatch. You know, like, how do you have time for rewatches? So do you ever watch any of these DVDs? Rarely. Okay. You just like to have rarely. them. I like to have them. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. Okay, you don't strike me as a physical media person. No, and do you know what? It's so weird that Gary asked this question because uh, a couple of weekends ago I was looking at I've got this I've got one box of DVDs I still can't I just can't get rid of them. So it's like the West Wing box set. I think I've got like Sex in the City, the OC. I've got the present you got me, the um, Girls on Top comedy DVD. Still sealed? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, I've watched it. Um, and I just can't bear to let them go. But I thought the other day, why am I still keeping them? Because I've completely like taken out my DVD player. I've, you know, like I've stored it somewhere else. I, I'm never going to get it out. I'm never going to watch these DVDs. Why have I still got them? So I think I'm going to have to just give them all away and just accept that we've moved on. Everything you can stream now. But but to What's Boyd's point, point I think yeah. this is the thing. Like you understand why streaming services don't want to do this because they want you to pay a monthly fee to just be a subscriber. Mm. And if they release it as DVD, that's one less thing you need to subscribe to get because you've then got it in physical media. And I think they've probably done some kind of weird algorithm which has worked out that it's more for their bottom line if people subscribe than if they buy the discs. But the problem is exactly as Boyd said that they can delete this shit at a moment's notice, and then you've lost access forever. And that gives me anxiety. Like I, if someone took my West Wing away, like what am I going to do? Yeah. But the thing is, as you mentioned, it's like, who's got the time to rewatch this stuff? There's so I much. Do. Yeah. <laughs> James does. Yeah, but he's not watching enough new stuff. That's true. I, but I sacrifice. I sacrifice new stuff to rewatch the West Wing. I think that's, you know, it's important. Dykes, now you're making me think I shouldn't get rid of my you West Wing. You shouldn't get rid of it because I, so I'm never going to watch my, my DVD uh, box of the West Wing, not least of all because it's in fucking standard definition. But I'm never going to get rid of it because I want to know that if the world ends, if the zombie apocalypse comes, you know, if meteors come, if aliens invade, <laughs> I will James still have the West, the West Wing somewhere in my house. And if I can find some way of like a pedal generator to power an old DVD player, I can still enjoy the West Wing. And wow. that's important this to me. This is an insight into James. You know, if you've got a, a, a good enough um, like UHD Blu-ray player, like I have, that even SD discs look pretty good on it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So my up- my Shield TV, my Android yes. has like a 4K upscaling yes. algorithm, whereas it uses AI to upscale. Yeah. Uh, and, and it does were, a decent. I watched, decent one, I watched something mm. on standard definition the other day, and that was actually really good. Yeah. If it's if it's good quality, actually, yeah. it does a it does a pretty good job of, of upscaling it. But but I wonder whether you know because I don't know how you guys felt, but like when I was so like boy, okay, so you you like you love your Supreme clothes, right? And presumably they say something about who you are, like when you wear it, like it's part of your Rich. identity. Rich, yes, but overpaid is what it says. It's, it, it identifies you as overpaid. But, but other than that, other than that, it is a part of your identity. And like for me, as a just frankly nerd, like when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, my identity was my film collection. And I had like about 2,000 VHS tapes in my room, just like in just bookshelves full and full of VHS tapes. And I loved them. And then, of course, I rebought them all on DVD. And then, of course, I rebought them all on Blu-ray. And then I just stopped because it got ridiculous. But having those things, having that physical media on display, for me now, it's more books. Like I have, I have endless, endless books in my house. It, it says something about it's part of my identity. And being in that environment surrounded by those things that mm. feel, it's comforting. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like a big warm hug. And it feels like being home. So I think physical media does more than just give you the ability to watch something. It's owning a piece of that thing mm. and being able to show it as part of yeah. Also, identity. it's an archive of your life, right? Yeah, it's different exactly stages that. of life. Yeah, exactly that. The thing is, you just have to have space for it. So I don't have. That's the other thing, though. It's all very well and good mm, collecting. All, space. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. I, I mean, it's nightmare. just gathering yeah. dust it's and nightmare. taking up a lot of space. Yeah, well, Unless you can present it beautifully, in which case, mm. fine. There's that thing people say, isn't that, that really kind of um, pompous thing people say, like, if, if, you're, if I go somewhere and, there's no, and they haven't got any books, then I walk out or whatever. What if they've got like, Kindles? What if they read right. a book a day, but they well, just my, do it on Kindle? But I would expand it. If you haven't got either actual books, actual DVDs slash Blu-rays 
actual CDs slash records, then then you are some kind of freak. Right, like, so if you have nothing, stuff, if you have yeah, no thing, I think that is terrible. Yeah, isn't that just our age, though, boy? I mean, it, our is, generation? it is. Yeah, I'm sure that for, for the youngsters, because kids today listen to this and go, "Whatever, Granddad, I have a Spotify playlist of yeah, my well, they're books just watching all this something. shit on their iPhone, and and yeah, not probably, but it's probably maybe it's healthier. I don't, I don't think it is healthy. I think I don't think that's true. I, I mean, don't as I said at the beginning, don't be started on just the fact that you can't. Funnily enough, I was reading that in New York, there's a the, what, the Barnes and Noble, I think it was. Which sells books, all of this stuff, physical media, and so it's had a massive revival. It had a massive like post, yes, you know, um, lockdown yeah. resurgence. There, so and look, like independent bookshops yeah. in the UK yeah. have taken off again because again through lockdown, yeah. people have picked up reading habits and yeah. they've stuck with it, which is great. Tangible because you know so much was done on Zoom and everything yeah. was just like. So they... You know, I remember that Tower Records. You know, I just miss. You know, you just browse Tower Records for hours on end. Yeah, it was a no. sad little fuck when I was a hundred percent. Like you Woolworths. know, hello. Woolworths. Yeah. Mm, they sell, Who browsed Woolworths? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Unless you were off to pick and mix. <laughs> yeah. No, they sold. They sold they music sold there. Minim, they sold some. Yeah. Like, I got like my first 10. ever album from Woolworths. It was it was the London Boys. Wow. Yeah. The London Boys. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I don't wow. remember why, but that was the first album I ever bought. I mean. Yeah, let's, not let's not talk about that. No. no, let's talk about that. Um, but but yeah, but you yeah. know, browsing HMV, mm. like, and even now, like like my happy places, like Waterstones, like spend hours mm. just wandering yeah. around Waterstones. Yeah. And I have a Kindle, and I read things on my Kindle. But oh, see, I, I'm anti Kindle. No, but see, I have an incredibly deranged process. I will read things on the Kindle, and if I read a book and I love it, I will then go out and buy the paperback just to put it on my shelf. Yeah, that, I, I never like read. That. It. No, that's it's semi deranged. I, still, <laughs> I, I, I sort of get quiet. it, but because yeah. yeah. I need to have it there, and then when I look at the book in my head, like the whole narrative kind of plays out, and it like reminds me of it and I love it mm. but people still people do still collect this stuff like Rich Kane I'm gonna I'm gonna um, who's oh, a Rich. lovely PR publicist Rich he I saw the other day on his um, Instagram account you see he's obsessed with the Halloween movies I'm mm. genuinely obsessed with the Halloween movies and he's got the last one which wasn't even very good and I think he would admit that, <laughs> that he got it on every single format he's got it on like just the two different oh, wow. covers of the 4K UHC one the two different covers of the DVD that, one slightly psychotic yeah but, but you yeah. know I mean, he'd admit that yeah, yeah it's just slightly, an Uber fan but I, I admire that level of, of, of conviction and um, adherence that's the wrong word that level what's the word I'm looking for it's hard to say um, devotion, devotion to physical right, media okay, and yeah. collecting your favourite stuff I mean I've probably got about 10 different versions of Blade Runner Con- you know think of all the different re-versions that came out of that film oh I have owned so many different versions of the Star Wars films it's not yeah, even right. funny yeah exactly. but uh yeah, no, I, I I lament the passing of physical media. I I really do. I lament the passing of physical media, <laughs> especially yes. magazines and stuff. Keep buying, yeah, kids. keep buying magazines, oh. people. <laughs> yeah, oh dear, kids today, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right, well, that was our question, Gary. I hope we answered it for you. Uh, if you would like your question read out on the Pilot TV podcast, or have your comments, your thoughts, your musings, your philosophies, your you know random nuggets of information, uh, which we do on Pilot Plus, then do send them over to us at the moment. Now, I was going to say send them to us via. DM on Twitter at Pilot TV Pod, which is what I normally say. Mm. But Twitter have completely bollocks the API. So now third party uh, Twitter programs aren't working at the moment. So I'm not actually able to get into them because I refuse to use the actual Twitter app. So at the moment, I've been pulling stuff off my own personal Instagram DMs, which is at James C. Dyer. So until Elon Musk. Is this Musk... a way of getting more followers on Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually not, but that would be a happy <laughs> side effect because I don't have enough. But uh, yeah, so if you would like to message at the moment, maybe just try me on Instagram at James C. Dyer and I will get them there. More questions later in the week on Pilot Plus. Right. Shall we talk news? 
Yes. And what I would like to talk about with news a little bit before we do anything else is Snowpiercer. Now, Snowpiercer clearly is a show that I know Kay is a massive fan <laughs> of and clearly watches religiously. I was rolling my eyes just then. Yeah. Now, Snowpiercer, obviously based on the Bong Joon-ho film, but which uh, was a series on TNT with David Diggs, uh, which is on Netflix here in the UK. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the first season. I watched the second season. I gave up during the third season. <laughs> but it had a fourth and final season ready to come. And even though I had no plans to watch it, I'd celebrate the fact that it's coming. Except... That fourth season is not coming because Warner Brothers, in their infinite wisdom, have decided not to air it, even though the whole thing has wrapped, it's shot, it's edited, it's in the can, it's done. But they've done another one of these tax write-offs and they've basically killed the final season of Snowpiercer. It's so weird, isn't it? It is so... How much money can Deranged. they really save by not putting it out? <laughs> Clearly there. more than by airing it. But so so I, I it's unclear what's happening at the moment. Now I don't think it's a hundred percent mothball. They will not be showing it on TNT, I know that for a fact. But I believe they are shopping it around mm. in some capacity to see if someone will buy it. I don't know quite what the tax implications for that are, but that is something that they're doing. It's it's confusing to me. And it was, it was on Netflix here. It was on Netflix here now. And again, I don't understand are Netflix gonna show it over here or is it not gonna come to Netflix either? I don't that's the I don't know. And Boyd, I was kind of hoping you might know the answer to that. I, I would have thought Netflix would just show it. Well, couldn't they, you know, but maybe, oh, fuck no. I really don't know. Yeah. But I, <laughs> right. Okay. Why wouldn't they show it? Because I asked, like I said, stuff to pay some money for the rights to show it to TNT. But yeah, it's, I it's, do not it's, know. It's absolutely bonkers. It is. It is mad. So if you're a massive uh, fan of Snowpiercer, Good luck finding it. Mm. Maybe it'll come out on physical media. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that was the B I had in my particular bonnet this week. We also had a trailer for the new season of The Mandalorian. Oh. Did you see this? No. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it had lots of Mandalorians in it. Babu Freak was in it. Babu oh, Freak yeah. from Rise Skywalker was in it. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> what else was in there? Uh, Bo-Katan. Does she appear in it? I can't even remember. She might have done. She might not have done. But uh, anyway, it's, it's cool. Grogu get, does, does some false stuff in it. It, it got me excited about Mando okay. again, which was which was positive. So, you know, maybe have a look at that if you haven't already. I will. Any other news? Yes. Uh, Meryl Streep mm. is going to be in Only Murders in the Building. This was this had a lot of uh, pilot TV pod enthusiasts uh, messaging me and themselves and the podcast. Uh, about it, it, and, it, and it very cleverly, the news was revealed by Selena Gomez in a video posted on Instagram, where basically just casually sitting next to Meryl Streep, looking very excited. Obviously, Meryl Streep, she has done TV for She was in series, both series of Big Little Lies. She was in Big Little Lies, wasn't she? She was in the second, second series the of second Big Little series? Lies. Yes, oh, okay. because she was go. the the mother um, of, yeah, right. of um, Nicole Kidman. Skarsgård's character. The yes. mother-in-law of Nicole Kidman. Yes, yes that's, that's right. right. Yeah, she was absolutely brilliant, obviously. And she's done, so she's done a couple of TV bits, but this is, and we don't know whether she's going to be like, you know, in every episode or just like a guest appearance, whatever. But, you know, I mean, that show as people well as any regular listeners to the podcast know is one of my favorites and just the fact that we've now got Steve Martin Martin Short Selena Gomez um and Meryl Streep what more could you want quite literally from a tv show i mean sure now now we we talk I about mean, sure. we talk not... about this and you on the empire podcast this week boyd because oh. uh, chris did not finish only men's building series 2 oh. and i seem to recall they might have been mistaken that you started out liking it no you started out not liking it and then decided you did like it and actually enjoyed the second season in the end but started out being a bit mixed on it am I right or am I just making that up I think you're making that up okay. I think I pretty much liked all of it yeah I don't remember I don't, I'm pretty sure I liked all of it yeah. okay that, I mean that has been. I don't think it was that show oh, no. but you did watch it and you liked it oh, I absolutely loved it okay yeah. good yeah Good. I think I thought it was maybe maybe I didn't think the mystery was quite uh, I think the mystery was slightly more contrived than in season one but 
generally it's absolute joy, a total joy from start to finish, yeah. Noted. Yeah. And okay. season three also revolves around Paul Rudd, the killing of Paul Rudd, by the way. So he's, he'll be in it quite a lot in flashback, I think. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, you're discussing my thoughts yeah. for early most yeah. of the film. Yeah. Mm. Discussing it and getting it wrong. And getting it wrong. Yeah. yeah. As is our way. Uh, did you see the first pick for the new season of Ted Lasso? Yes. Yes. Ted yes. facing down Nate. Yes. <gasps> Exciting. High stakes. Very exciting, yeah. yeah. And that was part of our Apple TV Plus um, oh my God, yeah. thing in the, uh, was it called the TCAs? Is that what it's called in America? Sure, why not? It's like the Critic TV I... Critics Association, I think. Mm. Well, they released like their, their yeah, slate they're, they're for like, slate, the next few right. months. There's yeah. a ton of stuff coming yeah. out. But, but we don't have to wait long, I don't think, for Ted. Spring, it said. Ted Lasso. Yeah, there's no right. date. That's one of the ones that doesn't have an actual right. date. Right, But a lot Still. of the other ones do. Very yeah. exciting. I wanted to mention that the BAFTA Film Awards, that's film news, right? The, the nominations came out today. They did. And so we won't discuss that. They'll be discussed, I'm sure, in full on the Empire podcast. Oh, no, except we've already Except we already it. recorded and, it, so yeah. we missed that completely. Oh, you'll have to do an extra bit. I'm sure, I'm sure um, Crystal Donald will do his little... And I'm just interrupting myself to do this <laughs> report on the Bafta. He's not asked us to do it yet, so oh, we might well not maybe do it. Maybe he's going to give a shit. Um, <laughs> but, what, but it's a TV event, you see. They are a TV event, the broadcast of the Baftas. Uh-huh. And what's changed this year is um, not only the presenters, which are exciting, which is Richard E. Grant is the main presenter. And Ali Plum. Is, and what well, I was going to get to. Oh, is that what you are? Oh, sorry. Oh, you ruined it. Oh, James. Oh, you fell in. Should we do it again? Let's do it no, again. No, no, right, no, keep, keep, keep it real. Keep it real. It's fine. Yeah. Because basically, I saw Eddie Plum this week at the um, Nolly. Oh, thing. yes. Yes. And I, so I was like, BAFTA, BAFTA hosts Ali Plum, oh. formerly K of this. Of, of the Empire parish, podcast. yes, of the Empire podcast. Um, yeah, he's gone from strength to strength. He's literally co-hosting it with with um, Vic Hope, yeah. the, the red carpet. He's doing the, the red, red carpet, carpet bit. And Richard E. Grant and Alison Hammond, who I'm sure is one of your favourites. Oh, love I, her. Yeah, Who is she? I love Alison Hammond. We all she's love brilliant. Alison Hammond. Yeah. Hammo, she's She's fantastic. on this morning, ITV. You haven't watched Very it. Oh, funny. I was, uh, yeah, yeah no, never heard of her. No, she won uh, the Heat uh, Best Presenter of the Year Award last year. Mm-hmm. With, she was on um, Big Brother, Yeah, with originally. Um, so yeah, she's going to be a backstage, there's a whole backstage area going to be within the main ceremony going out on BBC One, James. Yeah, you'll be loving it. But the other thing they're doing is, because I complain every year that it should be live. There's no... Oh, no, but it is this year. No, it's not completely live. How how is it semi-live? Because normally they do a thing where uh, the whole thing plays out and then it finishes and then they put it on, which means it's really hard to cover live. 100%. (laughs) Oh, are they doing it live with a delay? All I know is, what all they've announced is, it's not going out fully live, it's but semi-live. the last four categories, the biggest categories, <sighs> right. like best film, I guess, actor, actress and director, I'm assuming, yeah. are going to be live. That doesn't make any sense. No, all exactly? It doesn't all make any sense. So I can't work out how they're going to do it. And I saw, so when I saw Ali, I literally was like, how is that going to work? And what the most annoying thing was, whenever I talked to Ali, you obviously go off on tangents, just, you know, and one of the first things I asked him was, how is that live for life thing going to work? And he was like, ah, oh, I think I can explain that to you. And then we never got back to it because we've got so my tangent about something else and I still desperate to know how, I can't work out how it's going to work neither can I so, but that's what they're saying I've, I've always found that the way they did that staggered it is, I think it's deranged you have the show play out yeah. and then it goes out on TV it is immediately afterwards it's, it's demented deranged. yeah it's mad because people tweet about it They there's no embargo on the live tweeting from the event so if you're at the event you're tweeting who the winners are so anyone interested has to, and then then you see them delayed an hour later but the, again the final the biggest four awards are going out live somehow it's by some magic, magical thing on February the wow. 18th or whatever the hell it is. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Do we have any other news you'd like to share? I have some news, and oh, I'm okay. surprised Boyd A didn't bring oh, it up. Sorry. Nicholas Lindhurst, oh, a.k.a. Romney oh, yes. from Only Fools so and Horses. This, this broke just after it our did. last podcast. Yeah, so yeah this is the biggest still, news yeah, ever. Mm. Is joining the cast for the revival of Frasier. Apparently, Kelsey Grammer and him... In- uh, 
Incredible. Worked together uh, <laughs> doing Man of La Mancha about three years ago at the Coliseum and fell in love, basically, according to Kelsey. And yeah, said the quote was, I adore him. He's one of the funniest people I've ever worked with. And I accuse him of being a bit of a sandbagger because you don't see him coming. And all of a sudden, he's getting all the laughs. I'm so glad you brought this up. Uh, Kay, because when this news was announced, mm-hmm. we didn't have that quote, right? That this is like came later. The original news, I think, Variety broke or one of the one mm-hmm. of the industry ones, Deadline or Variety or Hollywood Reporter. And all I saw on my feed was Nicholas Lindhurst is the first co-star to join Frasier, the reboot of Frasier. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's so weird and random. You know, you probably didn't barely even heard of Nicholas No, Nicholas come Lindhurst. on. Have you watched how many fools and horses? <laughs> you Rodney, you plonker. Comedy. I know he is. <laughs> say, say Rodney, you plonker again. <laughs> what, what, did I sound a lot like Del Boy? It, just, it was just great. Rodney, just, you plonker. <laughs> Amazing. He's a bit um, like Rodney. He is, James. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so, absolute random. He was also a good night. I'm more of a Boise. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, do Boise. Uh, yeah, yeah, do Boise. Yeah, do Boise. Marley. Marley. Hello, Derek. <laughs> I interviewed Boise Rodney. once. He was an absolute delight, that actor. Sadly, what, Boise? Yeah. 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 Oh, right. Did you meet Trigger? Did I meet Trigger? I think I did meet Trigger, yeah. yeah. He's brilliant. He's a kind of classical actor, Trigger. He's very, he's very like, you know, got a kind of posh uh, accent. He completely, um, I'm a, yeah. He was, he was fantastic. But my point about Nicholas Lindhurst right. is, all that, there was no quote from, from um, Cody Grammer about it. It was just the shock news yeah, of Nicholas Lindhurst. And you're thinking, him. how the fuck are they connected? How, do they, like, mean, get, how did it all happen? First of all, and then, of course, everyone, I, so I tweeted about it, and yeah. I had hundreds of one of my most engaged with tweets that I've ever done. <laughs> and I didn't, even, I didn't break the news, I just retweeted Variety or whatever. And all these people were like, it's amazing, like people were doing riffing jokes on it, you know, about like, what he fought through the bar, and, <laughs> you know, in Cheers, in the, in the Cafe Nervosa or whatever. And it became people were tweeting pictures of it. It was just fantastic. There was one, be- I don't know who it was. In fact, I won't call him Bellet, but there was one, it was definitely a man who tweeted in the middle of all of this excitement, <laughs> this announcement. Oh, yeah. Why should it be a surprise that Nicholas Inhurst has been cast in Frasier? He's a great actor who appeared in two classic sitcoms. Get real people. Like, why is it? And I'm like, hold on. First yeah, of all, yeah. he appeared in two British, the most British sitcoms of all sitcoms. Why would Frank Kelsey Grammer know about Goodnight Sweetheart or Only Fools and Horses? And also, he hasn't done any roles recently Secondly, for a long right, time. Yeah. He hasn't done any roles. If yeah. you look at his IMD, IMDb page, he hasn't done anything for quite a while, apart from some small roles in like some British. I'm not, you know, I'm not being dismissive of him. He was brilliant in both of those he is shows. Brilliant, yeah. And he's brilliant in, you know, he did um, new things. The, the, the he was in that show on BBC New something or other tricks new tricks <laughs> there we go live searching in my mind for actual titles that was very exciting but he has not done anything for a few years it's safe to say so yeah. for all of these reasons don't tell me you're not surprised that Nicholas Lindhurst has been cast in Frasier was my message to that person I nearly tweeted them back I was like come on and I thought no no do be, not engage with the yeah, don't do engage, engage yeah. but I thought that was such a typical bit of like there's always one just thinks we're being you know we're, I'm not making fun of it's just oh it's gosh, one no. of the most unlikely bits of casting you will ever hear, isn't it? On yeah. any level, it is it's deranged. Even I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah. Oh, I think he's going to be great, though. So I'm very glad yeah. you reminded me of that because I forgot to mention. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. My second bit of news <laughs> is that Merman have announced they'll be doing a one-off special of "There She Goes." I don't know if you. I think you probably watched the series original, didn't yeah, of course, you? Yeah. BBC Two, James, and it was about basically the experiences of writers Sean Pye and Sarah Crawford, whose daughter was born with a rare chromosomal disorder. David Tennant was in it Jessica Hines they were there as the parents mm, mm. and then there was a fantastic actress Miley Locke plays Rosie who has um, the character with a severely learning disabled girl and it was about the family and how they coped with that and how they dealt with 
the various issues connected to that. This special is going to deal with the family sort of struggling with the fact that 13-year-old Rosie's behaviour is increasingly wild because of obviously the hormones um, flying around as she goes through puberty. So this one-off special is coming and I'm excited about that. I thought you were going to say the reunion of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers has caught your eye. But, Absolutely uh, not. And you were getting drawn into the web of why the pink Power Ranger wasn't going to be taking part. You. But uh, clearly neither of those things were true. Right, well, I guess that is news then. Let's move on then to this week's reviews and uh, we begin this week with the latest in Apple's series of single-word shows beginning with the letter S to join the ranks of C, Servant, Shantaram, Severance, Stillwater, Slumberkin, Surface, Suspicion, Swagger and Schmigadoon. Uh, this time, we have Shrinking, which comes from the minds of Brett Goldstein and Bill Lawrence, purveyors of the glorious Ted Lasso. However, if that Apple show was all feel-good vibes and this takes a slightly more serious tack with Jason Siegel as a bereaved psychiatrist who decides to start confronting his clients with brutal honesty. Oh, and it starts Harrison Actual Ford as mm. well, which is wild. Um, Boydie, is this Jung at heart or a total Freud? <laughs> you see someone on Twitter this week, mate, pointed out how you do your question, your contrived punning question. I always go, wow. I always have a similar response. <laughs> you're, what, you're my so one-man hype. You're my hype yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying not to respond in you're that not. way. I always no, that do. was quite good. Um, but I always, or I always say, well, that was quite good as well. Yeah, yeah. that's good. No, it was, I like you being my hype it man. It was it's quite good. good. Wow. <laughs> right, first of all, I think this could have been called Shrinkage. I mean, just saying, you know, it might have been, might have been just as good as Shrinking. I, this, is, this, for me, is a tale... Of more than one episode. Okay. Mm, okay, fine. I watched episode one of this on my lovely Apple TV uh, screeners portal thing, whatever it's mm -hmm. called, and I was a bit disappointed <gasps> because much as I like Jason Seagal, how do you say you got Seagal? Seagal. I don't know, I call him Seagal. Seagal. Um, he's Is a he French? Likeable presence. The, the premise, I thought that's interesting. A little bit like Afterlife, the premise, because it's really like, so this bereaved guy this bereaved husband resorts to suddenly deciding to deal with people, his patients, he's a psychotherapist, in a particularly honest way. And I thought that's quite similar to Afterlife mm. in a way. You yeah. Know, the, the, the Unfiltered. Just, yeah. Yeah. But the actual um, tone of this is completely different. It's not, once you start watching it, then it's, like, it's not much like Afterlife at all. But I thought the initial premise was interesting and different. And then you're like, the poster and all of the pre-release publicity, quite rightly, is Harrison fucking Ford, isn't yeah. it? And we know he's in 1923, right, with Helen Mirren. But that's like, he's playing a... Harrison Fordian figure in that for sure. me. A patriarch, you know, and it's like, he is 80, whatever. Is he 80? 80, 80, something like that. Something yeah. like that. So I thought, you know, that, that, this is more surprising. This is on the Nicholas Lyndhurst level of castings, almost, because he's in a comedy, a half-hour comedy. You, you said it was serious, but it is effectively a comedy with a with dark themes, you know. It's definitely... Yeah, it's, trying, a, it's a dark comedy. Yeah, dark it's, comedy. It's comedic, exactly. certainly. But still, it's, it's, it's generally comedic in tone. And him doing a, a, a half-hour comedic in tone show with Jason Segel, I thought that is interesting and weird and surprising. And the idea is that Harrison Ford's character, Dr. Paul Rhodes, he runs this... this uh, Clinic. Clinic. That, well, yeah, it's like there's three of them, aren't there? Him... Mm -hmm. um, the practice. Yes, the practice. That's the word I was looking for. Exactly. He runs his practice, thank you very much, with Jason Segel and Jessica Williams. And Jason Segel's decided to t talk to everyone honestly about their issues rather than kind of just soft soap them, which is what he used to do when he was being their therapist. But my point is, the first episode doesn't include much Harrison Ford, right? No. You know, considering he is like Harrison Ford, it feels like a cameo. Mm. It feels like a cameo. So I watched the episode, and then I thought I've got to watch more of this because it's a bit weird that it's not there's not more Harrison Ford, which is for me the main reason to be excited about this show. Much as I like Jason Segel, from then onwards, I watched two, three, four. He's in it all the time. Do you know what I think that I I read an interview um, yeah. before I 
came on and I saw that they, I think they sent him the pilot oh, yeah. and he had said am I going to be in more than this and they were like if you're going to do it yeah we'll put you in all of it uh, I, and so I think that's why it's happened it's so, so but this feels like it's exactly the situation that happened with Martin Sheen in the first episode of The West Wing where the idea was he wasn't going to be in it very much right. and then when everyone responded and thought he was the best thing in it they did it all the time after that mm. but, but in this day and age though you don't engage Harrison Ford employ him in any way on any screen on screen and then not give him a juicy meaty role it's just like nothing we well, might charge episode. by the word you don't know I say to everyone, my main message is, forget the first fucking episode, which isn't, which isn't also, it's, it feels a bit like... It's not massively funny. It's not massively funny. They have to establish the premise, which he isn't grieving. If you, if you compare it to Afterlife, actually, um, I think it dealt with that slightly better than Afterlife. But once you get past episode one, it's great. I really, really liked oh, okay. it. Okay. Um, and, and, and the best bits about it are when Harrison Falls is just sitting there bantering, <laughs> with, for want of a better word, with Jason Segel and Jessica Williams in the practice. There's a brilliant bit, like episode two opens, I think, with just a chat about like why Harrison Falls' character is so secretive. He doesn't like sharing his private life with the others. Like He's never invited them round to his house and all this kind of stuff. And this is all fascinating and he's a really interesting character. And you find out, you know, he's got health issues. He bonds with Jason Segel's daughter who's going through a big difficult time with her dad yeah. it's much more interesting and he's brilliant he's really funny he's as you'd expect he's absolutely amazing in it and, and I've, my whole view of it was transformed literally carry on watching episodes 2, 3 and 4 and we should say it's written created by Brett Goldstein the legend with Bill Lawrence and Jason Segel themselves um, and they've done a really good job but it, that first episode is weird. <laughs> okay. That's, do you know what? That's a great public service announcement because Thanks. I only had time to watch the first episode and I was very underwhelmed by the whole thing. Why? Yeah, like, I mean, it was okay, but, you know, with the names attached to it, both on screen and off screen, I thought I was expecting really big things. And then I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's okay. And, well, you know, it's funny in bits. I don't know so if he's you, grieving. You didn't think it was funny enough? Like, that was that it was. It was funny enough, right? Yeah, but, but not, it didn't, it didn't like say, I wasn't like, fire. oh my God, guys, everyone's got to watch this, right? <laughs> and I just, yeah, I was underwhelmed. I mean, I did like the highlights for me in that first episode were the neighbors. I think Krista Miller, who plays Liz, and yeah. Ted McGinley, McGinley, who plays Derek. Um, but yeah, I was underwhelmed. So the fact that you've said, Two onwards is, um, you oh, know, vast improvement. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. See, that's interesting because I, I actually got on rather well with the first episode. Yeah. I wonder whether it's because I, it was the one of all the shows this week, it was the one that I was a bit like, mm -hmm. I wasn't really feeling. And actually, you know, I my, the, for me, the, 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 the selling point for it was uh, Luki to Maxwell's character, who's his daughter, Alice. I, I thought, she was the relationship that they had was fantastic for me that was the crux of it the fact that he's essentially checked out of parenting when his wife has died mm. and he's been just this terrible dad to his daughter since mm. then so she's got this huge amount of resentment and he's trying to piece back together the sort of shattered fragments of his relationship with his child and I thought that made it really compelling to me and I really enjoyed the relationship he had with Luke Tenney's character Sean who's one of his patients who has anger management issues and again that, it threw me for a loop a little bit on this because I, I liked the, what he was building with him and then not to spoil anything this this episode ends in a very specific, unexpected way. Mm. I was like, oh, I don't. I, I thought I had a handle on what the show was, and then I realised at the end I didn't quite have a handle on what the show was. Mm. Uh, so it surprised me as well. But yeah, it's really well written, and it's 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 good. 
It is good stuff. Even based on the first episode, I was oh, like, okay. I have to watch more of these. Didn't so. you think that it was weird there wasn't more Harrison Ford though? Well, no, because I genuinely, because I honestly, cynical I am, I thought, oh, Harrison Ford's this. I was like, of course he is. <laughs> like, I, I, I expected oh, okay. it to be a minor role. I didn't no, imagine really. oh. for a second he would be in it very much. I think if it wasn't for the marketing, maybe I would think that. But he's literally, the, the main poster is just the two of them. But well, I mean, look, there's another show this week which is heavily marketed on one person being in it and that person has a very minor supporting role. So, oh. you know, it's, it's you know, they market with the Mate, big names, don't yeah. they? It did make me laugh when um, what's the colleague called the one who's obsessed with water? They were in the conversation <laughs> and about here, uh, drinking too much water because that's a conversation Boyd and I have all the time. What, Gabrielle, yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think that's yeah. Jessica Williams' character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and um, yeah, we, we often yes. have that little yeah, too, uh, yeah. argument. And there's, Harrison Ford has a very funny line about drowning there, which yeah. made me laugh a lot. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. it was very good. Yeah, no, that was fun. I I, I enjoyed the show. I thought it was good. Shrinking them, which comes to Apple TV Plus on Friday. He said without checking, but reasonably confident that that's going to be yeah. the day that it lands on. So, Friday the third, yeah, I think you're correct there. Indeed, indeed, no, Friday indeed. The Friday, Friday the twenty seventh. Friday the twenty seventh. Yes, yes, spot on, spot on. That was <laughs> prognosticating on my part. Anyway, right, okay. So next show, next show this week, and next up we have Wolfpack on Paramount Plus, and this sees a group of high school kids dealing with a double whammy of an encroaching forest fire and a rampaging werewolf. Plus, it stars actual Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar, as an arson investigator who I strongly suspect knows far more than she's letting on. Kay, (laughs) were you mooning over this werewolf show? No, I was not. Sim- put simply, no. I should I should qualify this. I could, should qualify this that that when Kay realised that we were doing two YA genre shows this week, she sent a screen grab of the synopsis. <laughs> that she didn't know what it was. She's going, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> which I mean, I won't say which one, but actually, I enjoyed. Okay. Yeah, I think this is less fancy, more fuss. I just wasn't invested in this. I didn't find the story very compelling. Not particularly scary. Yeah. Should I set up the premise? I mean, it's this... Go for it. Okay. It's basically the show... Fo- I'm going to just read it from the blurb because I can't... <laughs> it uh, focuses on two teenagers who've been caught in a wildfire and are wounded by a supernatural creature. Um, Spoiler, it's a werewolf. Yeah. And in the aftermath, they discover they're werewolves and they develop an intense bond together as well as they couple up they with, with another two people who have also... They're werewolves as well and they're adoptive children of a park ranger. Blah, blah, blah. It's based on the novels by, insert name of author here. Udo van Belkom. That's the one. Edo. Sorry, Edo van Belkom. Edo van Belkom. And, and Canadian. I, yeah. And I Wikipedia'd him. Apparently he is a purveyor of erotica. Wow. He is Ooh. a purveyor of erotic literature. Not only that, he has written a book on how to write erotica. Right. So if this is a little I bit... I sense the pre-orders come up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, some hard copies of that on yeah, if, there's, if there's a little bit steamy in this one, yeah. you know why. Yeah. Um, That's where the fire comes from. Steady. <laughs> yeah, well, talking of the fire, you've got this, like, these sheep running out of the fire, all these weird animals, like, just normal animals, not even, like, oh, I don't know. I just, I just was... So- I did not like this. I found it underwhelming, to use my word of the podcast. And at the end, I found it stilted in places and cheesy, like, mainly at the end. I won't spoil it, but there's one character who leaves... He thinks he's going to die, so leaves a message um, for his dependents, and it was just pure fromage I was just like <laughs> this is Stilton right it's terrible um, such over exposition I was I was not into it just melodramatic at the end with seemingly no danger so yeah I will not be watching a second episode but I will be watching a second o- episode of Shrinking so I feel like it it's okay <laughs> just to go back to Shrinking yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed it I don't know what your f- 
problem is. No, I, I, I can see why. I the, the very first scene of this show is when there are these, all the teenage kids are on this bus yes. and there's a huge wildfire yes. taking place in the forests of Los Angeles. And they seem largely unbothered by the fact there's a wall of flame about 100 metres away. They're only mildly concerned. There's a face-off between the driver of the bus who wants to keep them all inside yeah. and the other people who want to go out into the to run away from the forest. I thought it was a very interesting opening uh, sequence. It's an interesting setup, isn't it's it? Like for a setup. werewolf thing to start with a yeah. great big like wildfire is exactly is interesting. Uh, it's created by um, Jeff Davis, did the the adaptation, who is uh, creator of Teen Wolf the series. Yeah, so he is like the wolf expert. Yeah, he's the he's wolf of man. American. He is a wolf man. American yeah. television drama, and we should say it's exec produced as well by Sarah Michelle Gellar. And this yes. is like the first show she's done where she's in it. You know. I mean, she's not in it much in the first episode, as has been alluded to. Um, She would have been in it more from then on. But this is the first TV thing she's done for years and years and years, isn't it? She's basically, as far as I can tell, kind of semi-retired from uh, being in Hollywood films and TV. She's raising a family. Raised a family, exactly, with um, Freddie Prinze Jr., her husband. And what a brilliant 90s couple they were, 80s slash 90s couple they were. So it's exciting from that point of view, and and I'm just excited to see her back. And it feels like the kind of show she would like to exec produce, because there's a kind of, you know, Buffy, there's certain things in common genre-wise with Buffy. I thought this was, I thought it was kind of, it wasn't what I was expecting, basically. From that opening sequence onwards, there's, there's a there's a, there's a whole scene, there's suddenly the, sh- the show cuts to a, like a gay club, nightclub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, where, that was an yeah, interesting segue. Yeah, like, suddenly it's like you're in Queer as Folk, yeah. all of a sudden. And this, like, hot young guy, played by Tyler Lawrence Gray, who's a twin, I think, with his sister, played yes. by Chloe Roy Robinson. The, the excellently same, named Luna the Werewolf. Yeah, Luna and Harlan. <laughs> um, they go to the same school as the two characters we meet earlier, right? There's suddenly this, like the whole like gay romance thing going on. There's like a side bar of the of the show, which I wasn't expecting. And then Rodrigo Santoro pops up, who's the father of the two kids, kind of like in the middle of the fire, um, launching this extended did message you, speech yeah, to his Yeah, what did you kids. think well, about that speech? It was just weird. It was just bizarre. I, I didn't... It is, you know, it's odd. It's an odd show. And I think I wasn't... I guess I wasn't expecting the weirdness and the unpredictability of it. And it, there are cheesy moments. I know what you mean. But I thought in the end, I quite like... And it's filmed in a kind... It's also... The way it's shot is quite weird and interesting and unusual. There's loads of, like, quite heavily set up visuals, you know, of, like, people, you know, like, people running through the forest in the end with the wildfire going on like you know, in silhouette it's quite stylized. that's the word I'm looking for that's what I'm grasping for it's quite stylized for this kind of show as well and you know the colours and the, the way it's shot etc so I mean I didn't genuinely I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I have questions uh, first and foremost is, is, is one where there's a bit where after escaping from the wildfire and the bus <laughs> yeah. situation one of our heroes Blake uh, mm. sees her dad who's a bit of a dick and they get into a, a, told a and they get into a bit of a passag argument yeah. about where she's been and why she doesn't have a phone and then he swears and then she gets all aggro with him because he's swearing he's taking a bad example and at no point does she just think to say oh by the way my entire class just got mauled to fucking death <laughs> 200 yards down the road but no no I'm going to talk to you about whether or not you should be swearing and not the fact that I'm now scarred for life by having watched people brutally murdered doesn't come up another kid who's survived is in hospital. He wakes up, his mum tells him off for this, is nagging him about that. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I've got a bit of a headache. Can you see the spies? Are going to leave a scar? Your whole class was brutally murdered in front of you. How is that not the first thing you bring up in conversation? I don't understand. 
And that Kids was just, today, they're self-involved. Do you know what? It's, perhaps <laughs> it is. If it's not on Twitter, it's not real. It was like, oh, whatever, happened in real life. What is it? Yeah. What is this IRL anyway? Honestly, just... Also, you know that thing you said about the um, the girl not having email or phone? Yeah. I mean, how much was that rammed down your throat? I mean, like, so much. Come on now. But I, I got suppose, the message. But I suppose for kids today, that's like saying, oh, like, you know, is, I yeah. live on another planet. Like, it's, yeah. it's no, totally weird. we got it, like, weird. the first time anyway. Yeah, they do ram that down your throat as well. Yeah, there's a lot of focus, again, on her skin. That's a, that's a main, mm. major plot point in the first episode. Uh, look, I, I love a bit of urban fantasy. I love a YA show. I love a supernatural YA show almost more than anything else. Mm. And God knows we've had a lot of them. But, you know, in a world where you've got your bastard son and the devil himself, in a world where you've got your carnival rose, in a world where you've got all of these great YA shows that Netflix and Amazon, whatever, just cancel at the drop of a hat, there is no place for this because it is just nowhere near the quality of those other shows. There is um, no place for this. There's no God, place for this. Look, quite I've seen the first two of this because I was only provided with two episodes, so I have not seen any more than two. Perhaps, you know, it changes dramatically. But in those first two episodes, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I love because she is Buffy... <laughs> is in this so little that it's very frustrating. You want more of her on screen, you don't get her, because it's very much about the kids, even though all the posters just have Sarah Michelle Gellar on them. There's and more of her in episode two, though. There's it? more, but yeah. not much more. Like yeah. Again, she's a really minor role at this point. Again, her role may increase after episode two, I could not say. But it just I just thought, what's this doing that's new? What's it doing that's interesting? Like, the wall of fire. So the wildfire is an interesting idea, mm. but they don't really maximise that. And again, like, there's a bit where she goes back to her house, which has been ravaged by wildfire half an hour earlier and she's just strolling in there and oh it's a little bit crispy and there's just a few bits it's like I'm pretty sure a wildfire would have reduced the whole neighbourhood to ash if it had, something, if the fire had gone through this area it just I'm not sure that's the way flame works I just I, it just it, it things like that bugged me and also the quality of the CGI was I would say quite lamentable yeah, even I picked up on that actually. I didn't think during it was the that. wildfire. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Know, I didn't think it was that. Bad. Uh, have we like, said? Did you ever watch the TV show of an American werewolf in London? No. So it was a genuinely terrible show, which ran in. I want to say either the late eighties or the early nineties. Mm. I don't know which it was. It was probably the late eighties. But the werewolf was just brown tights. Literal tights and like a shaggy mask type thing. And it was just, it was so, the effects were so awful. And this just reminded me of that. It was like the CGI equivalent of that. And I was just a bit like, hmm. I thought the, the fire scenes were put, The fire looked fine. Yeah, the fire yeah. looked fine. Uh, you mean the creature? It was more the creature. Effects. I thought that big yeah. creature with the gnarly, like, you know. The sheep. The sheep thing was. was <laughs> the sheep looked fine. It was a sheep. Sheep. Yeah. CGI the sheep. sheep boy. What do you well, want from it? The CGI sheep was perfectly good. <laughs> mm. Have we said what the role that Sarah Michelle Geller plays? She's yeah, a, yeah, he said it was. She's, yeah, but there's, there's, more, so there's more going on yeah, there. She's an But I think she comes in and she's like, hello, I'm an arson investigator. Shake my hand. You're hang on a minute. Something's not right here. My my spider sense is tingling. I I, I see something's going on Definitely. here. Uh, but I did watch the second one straight after the first one, but partly because I kind of felt like at the end of the first one, I felt a bit like ah, oh, because I was looking forward to this because mm. it's very much my bag, and I was disappointed. Yeah, so I, I watched the I'd... second one and I was yeah. more disappointed. Maybe I liked it because it wasn't the kind of thing that's in your bag. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah. But it yeah, different. I just I just felt a little bit like I don't like I didn't think the writing was really up to snuff. Like the dialogue just felt a little like some of it was just like really just like oof. And then really on the nose, and there is a bit with a dictaphone in the first episode, and I was just like, oh, come on. This cannot be a thing that's happening. And it just... Stilton, I'm telling you. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, Kay's not wrong. We were very much in the kind of dairy aisle off Sainsbury's. (laughs) 
you know there was a there was a distinct you know Small fermentation process yeah. yeah it was it was very mm-hmm. much cheeseboard territory and uh and you know that was that was sad because it's werewolves and I, I like werewolves wow Sorry, I can't be more positive about that one. It is not is not going on my YA to watch list, sadly. But, you know, hey, if you want another YA show because all of yours have been cancelled by Netflix, then maybe this will scratch that particular itch because it airs on Paramount Plus on Friday the 27th of January as well. Okay, well, finally this week, we have a Disney Plus original, the second Disney Plus original after wedding season, in fact, uh, specifically Extraordinary, <laughs> which stars Mireille Tyres as Jen, and she's a 20-something with no superpowers whatsoever, which isn't extraordinary in itself, except when you consider that everyone else in the world gets their superpowers on their 18th birthday. So she's extraordinary by not being extraordinary. Boyd. Yes. Like 90s Eurodance act Snap. <laughs> Has extraordinary got the power. Oh, that's poor. That's my that's my noise. <laughs> was that new, poor? Was oh, that poor? That's my new right. noise. I thought that was fun. Were you okay. another Snap fan? He really worked hard at that. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you even know about Snap. How I know Snap. snap I was alive in the nineties. So we established this on Pilot Plus last week. Yeah, you paid attention to culture in the nineties, then stopped yeah. playing any attention. I did. Afterwards I had the, the power. Okay. I know I used to be Snap. What was it? name another Snap song? What was the one? I can't. Was Rhythm is a Dancer Snap or was that something else? I think that might be someone else. Yeah, it's oh, someone else. I don't know. I'm going to Google it now. Right, okay. here we are. All right, Snap, <laughs> 80s band. This is, this is this is fucking great. Yeah, this is, here we go. Here we go. Snap is a German Eurodance group formed in 1989. Okay, here we are. Give us some songs. What did they do? More about Snap. There we go. Give me more about Snap. I'd play a song, but I don't think we've got a PRS license. He's talking we're not allowed to. to his iPad. <laughs> I'm talking to my Live iPad. Live James interaction <laughs> with... Oh, here we go. <laughs> Their best known hits are The Power and Rhythm is a oh, Dancer. There okay. you go. Right. You doubted me. You, you doubted Sorry. my knowledge of Snap. Cut none of this out. I want this, I want this as a record of my Snap knowledge. Yes. Anyway extraordinary <laughs> yes is really good fun is the bottom line and we could, could bag on about what the, about. it's got I, I was slightly not dreading is a hard one I was but, dreading it okay. <laughs> there's there are a lot of takes aren't there on superheroes and superpowers I there mean are. Going, remember Misfits was like Misfits was quite good <laughs> yeah, it was, no it was good but I'm just saying it's so not new no to come up with another take yes. on superheroes and people having superpowers and yet this is proof However, you might want to complain about how there's nothing new on TV or in films ever. And, you know, people complain about prequels and sequels. I saw some pompous film critic the other day actually saying how outrageous it was that there were six prequels and sequels in a list of the 10 best films of the year. Well, if those films happen to be good, that good, it doesn't actually matter that they're mm. a prequel or a sequel. Mad Max Fury Road. I've gone yep. on a slight tangent. You may One of the done. greatest yes. films of the last, I would say, decade. Is it decade? Ten years. It's a, obviously, it's a sequel, but it's absolutely brilliant. So, in the end... You, you realise it's all about the quality of the show. And this is a really clever, smart, funny show. And and the premise that everyone, when they turn 18, in this version, and it's set in present-day London, basically. Yeah. But it just Shadwell, in fact. Right. It's a version of present-day London where, as soon as you reach 18, you have some kind of superpower bestowed upon you. is interesting and fun. And by the way, that it, this has its Disney Plus show. It has a budget big enough for, almost like in the background, a lot of you suddenly see people flying around and, you know, doing all kinds of superpower type stuff just by the by just mm. barely noticeable I think like that shows sometimes this kind of show even though they don't overdo it just having a decent budget for VFX etc is quite important because if you can establish this world to do it on the cheap I don't think it would work so it's got the budget it needs is my point but the actual show scripted by a relative newcomer Emma Moran 
Is who wrote this while doing her, her film studies right. degree or whatever it was. Yeah, right. She's a script writer for Have I Got News For You, apparently. There you go. There you go. And it's from Sid Gentle Films, producers of Killing Eve. <laughs> this first episode, remind, remember the Killing Eve first episode? Forget all of the subsequent. I think it went on too long. You know, there, I think the whole Killing Eve giving each different season to a new showrunner was misguided in the end. But at its core, when it started, the freshness and the wit of Killing Eve was all in the dialogue and in the script and in the cast. Yep. And this does the same thing. It's, the, the script is really smart and funny and witty. The characters are charming. The cast, you mentioned Mary Tyers, Sophia Oxenham as her best mate, Bilal Hasna, Luke Rodderson, who pops up as what is initially a cat called Jizzlord. Um, <laughs> it's really it's funny. One of the best gags, but yes, yeah, I love really that. Good gag. <laughs> so it just it's just the actual detail of the show as a viewing experience it's really entertaining and smart and you kind of go along with it so even this ludicrous ridiculous premise that this one person for some reason doesn't have a superpower and everyone else does it just works and it's funny and she exploits the idea for all it's worth there's an opening scene where she's going for a job interview and she says the thing she says all the stuff that you would never say in a job interview she's completely honest about everything which is obviously completely backfires because it's idiotic. yeah she's honest about her CV yeah it's really good it's a really really good shows all I can say is well directed it looks great the cast are all brilliantly they're all very very charming and funny uh, yeah I was I was I was kind of amazed by how good it was and the key I think the casting here and don't get me wrong I do think the script the casting here is yeah. genius because yeah. all relative unknowns totally, yeah. I would say but actually Mairead Tyers who plays the main character Jen is such a perfect bit of casting mm. and is so fantastically good in her delivery mm. and I think everything you need to know about the show you know within the first two minutes of it because it starts with a job interview which is laugh out loud funny and sets up exactly the tone of what this show is it's sweary it's rude it's quite edgy it doesn't mess about and it's quite it's subversive in a way that yeah sure everyone's got superpowers but actually the powers they have are utterly stupid and always a bit useless and I love that like Siobhan McSqueeny sister Michael who's in this and is a person who can manipulate technology except she's of a generation who doesn't understand technology so her power is utterly pointless because she's just controlling the TV with a finger but doesn't understand how it works and it's just it's just all very very well observed and very funny you say the superpowers are completely useless but we have to touch upon one of the funny orgasmo uh, yeah yeah, that's funny (laughs) the guy the online date guy who she um, she goes on a date with and he basically gives people he makes them orgasm just by touching them so then it's like the hilarity of the fact that he just doesn't want to touch her and if um, they decide to maybe have sex he wants to be able to do that just just on his own without his special powers it is hilarious it's very funny this is funny fresh, original. Yeah. I love this. This is so good. The writing is so good. She, she, but she does she does brilliantly, you're right, put the two pairs to great community use so that the, her F buddy, basically the guy she has mm. sex with, just f- literally flies off after they shack. Basically like... Is it, her F buddy. That was very I mean, genteel. He's obviously. an F buddy, isn't he? He's a fuck buddy. <laughs> yes. Um, then the, also the guy who's um, caught, shall we say, in an embarrassing situation who oh, then yeah. rewinds time. Oh, that's so funny. That's really funny. So she, she really is milking it. I don't want to get... I'm almost going to get carried away about this show, but... I was thinking about it. This is a Disney Plus show. Yeah. Disney Plus, a massive conglomeration, you know, mm. huge big player in the world of, you know, streaming TV. And they've effectively given a new, a completely fresh new young cast and new is new young female showrunner slash writer to do what they want to do. How exciting is yeah. that? Yeah. So yeah. I mean you can slag it did make it does make you it's so good that it kind of makes you and it's so 
brave for them. To, oh, he's looking for. He's yeah, trying to avoid saying, but he's audacious to commission these up and coming talents. Yeah, but it's kind of brilliant, really. It, it almost justifies the whole invention of Disney. No, it does a bit. And I, and I mm. will never slag them off for taking months to show uh, American Horror Story ever again. I mean, that's a lie. Yes. Uh, no, I, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I think it's really funny. And I watched, I think, what four episodes of this back to back. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, it's very addictive. Where else will you get? Yeah, the first episode, we'll have fake masturbation scenes, orgasms, and Hitler. That's right. In one episode. Mm. I mean, that's I mean, never going to happen. Genuinely, but some of the gags, like the Hitler gag, which I won't go into, but properly hysterical, <laughs> brilliantly observed, and just wonderfully delivered. And like, uh, so Sophia Oxenham's character, Carrie, uh, also another brilliant bit of casting. She can channel the dead, but the way she does it is so funny. And it's actually, her character genius. is very sweet. And yes, sensitive very character. sweet. So yes. you've got, you know, the balance of all the characters. Because yeah. it's a flat share comedy at heart, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a hangout sort yeah. of thing. But yeah. it's just in this kind of crazy world. And the idea is that she's the only person without superpowers and she wants superpowers. She doesn't have superpowers. And it's just, it's a bone of contention. I really like This makes me e- excited about TV. Even This has even broken through the hard anti-comedic shell. Yes. Yeah. I laughed out it's loud multiple times. An if itself. anyone doesn't laugh within the first few seconds of watching that first scene. Yeah. Because it's, be it's so caustic, and yeah. I just and that appeals to me. Like that really made me also, laugh. Also, like shock funny, not in that over. Wait, but you know like, when she's talking about? I've talked about this with you before, but like the um, sitting in the seat. See awkwardly and yes. explain why, and I'm like, yes, just so funny, very funny, and very well observed. I just, yeah, it's it's very very good, and I'm as surprised as you are that yeah. this got no, commissioned, let alone made. But yeah, it, it actually made me laugh. And I'm like, oh, what what is this strange sensation mm. I'm having? Is this Laughter, like it was very weird. Why are my lips moving? Yeah, like this that? show's superpower is to make people laugh at a touch. Clearly, that's uh, like the orgasmo guy. But yeah, this was this was genuinely great. I really enjoyed uh, extraordinary, uh, and this comes to Disney Plus on Wednesday, the twenty fifth of January. And I should point out that we actually have a special extraordinary podcast coming as uh, one of now. It's a sponsored podcast by Disney, uh, which is not the reason we like it. Incidentally, I should point that out. Uh, that was a happy coincidence. But so we're doing a sponsored one-off extraordinary podcast it will be on the empire podcast feed and it will be on the pilot podcast feed however however and this is crucial if you are a pilot plus subscriber at present i'm not planning to put it in the pilot plus feed because it's technically advertising like it's a sponsored podcast and the pilot plus feed is for no ad content so but you might want to listen to it anyway because it's just me kay and chris talking about the show that we really like and actually it was loads of fun and it's the interviews with the cast so you probably do want to listen to it so actually if you are a pilot plus subscriber i'd like some feedback do you want these sponsored things to appear in the pilot plus feed or do you not like let me know because i can put it in or i could not put it in it's kind of up to you guys but most people who subscribe to pilot plus now don't subscribe to regular pilot i may have gone into too much detail i've lost you haven't i okay fine let's let's stop let me know what you think guys let me know what you think anyway that's coming soon do listen to it it's us banging on about extraordinary which is in fact extraordinary Boydie what else is out this week I'm glad you said that it's Lockwood and Co which is on Netflix on Friday but we can't review it because it's embargo but that will be on Pilot Plus this week but there must be other things Boyd Yes, and Joe Cornish will be on next week's podcast. We'll he will, to that's him. true. There's a show called Deep Fake Neighbour Wars, which is on ITV2 on Thursday, <laughs> right, which uses the technology of deep fake video, like, you know... <gasps> is this good? It sounds be- shit. I read, I read yeah, about this. We've had this discussion already, okay? You know, I've seen clips of it. It's actually quite funny. Um, so I'm the technology they use in the capture, basically, mm. they use this to do comedic sketches, like basically about famous people, like there's Idris Elba, Kim Kardashian, arguing with each other about, you know, um, celebrity neighbour wars. It's, it's a genuinely bizarre What do you think, James? Does that concept. sound funny to you? Obviously, James oh, God, is going to no. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but try it out. It's on Thursday on ITVX, if you can get ITVX. SWAT is back 
on Sky Max now on Sunday. Is that the Sean Ryan show? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but it's, it's like a, it's a it's a you know episodic procedural. Yeah, so my crypt tonight. Cool. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you you hate it. Yeah, of course. There's a really good comedy on Channel Four, which we should well, normally we should we would review. Actually, I should have insisted on it. This happens a lot. <laughs> Everyone else burns with Simon Bird. It's got a great cast generally. Kate O'Flynn is his wife. Amy James Kelly, Harry Connor, Lodi Adafope, who's brilliant, of course, in Ghosts and Alan Partridge. Kadif Kirwan is in it from Slow Horses. But um, it's set in a Christian cult, a fictional Christian cult who believe in the end of days who believe that the apocalypse is going to happen any minute now and I thought it was really funny I did host the screening of it um, I think before Christmas um, so I am slightly biased but I still think it's genuinely really funny really clever really smart all the all the things you said about actually about the script for Extraordinary uh, Extraordinary I would say go for the script of Everyone Else Burns as well but that's just me not necessarily just me but that's me then what else is there uh, the Catch Channel 5 has got a new drama series starting on Wednesday and this is a four episode Channel 5 drama. And you know how normally they strip them across the week? Yes. This is going out weekly. This is a whole new oh, revolution. Wow. Yeah. It's a revolutionary world. Jason Watkins is in it. It's got a quite a good cast. Poppy Gilbert. And you're in Bernard. Barnard is in it from 1899. Future Doctor Who star as well. And it's kind of about um, a guy who is protecting his daughter who meets her new boyfriend who is played by a neuron. Is that how you his name? I think so. Barnard, Inuran, Barnard. James is shaking his head, doesn't know. Um, uh, who's kind of rich and charismatic, but might be a wrong one. It's, it's kind of, is he a wrong one or not? Right. That seems to be. But yeah, that's supposed to be quite good. The Catch Channel 5 Wednesday, showing on a weekly basis. Uh, that might be about it. What is our pick of the week? Oh, without a doubt, extraordinary. Yeah, Boys going is. for Wolfpack. No, no, no. I was thinking. Of, <laughs> uh, no, it is extraordinary. Yeah. I was thinking of shrink, shrinkage, shrinking. Something. Shrinking is good. Yeah, shrinking, shrinking is, is good. good. But yeah, it probably is extraordinary. Which is in itself. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Right, that is it for this Monday's show. If you had the occasional giggle, then do bestow upon us a review and a five-star rating on the pod platform of your choice. And do feed our self-esteem, please, by following us on social media at James C. Dyer, at Kay Ribeiro, and at Boyd Hilton. If you would like more of us in your ears, do sign up to Pilot Plus at empireonline.com slash pilot TV. And you get to hear our second show on Thursday, where we'll be reviewing Joe Cornish's Lockwood & Co. and answering your questions as well. In addition to a little bit more Happy Valley chat. On next Monday show, Russell T. Davis, the notorious RTD, will be with us on the show to talk Nolly. Plus, Joe Cornish will be on chatting to Boyd about Lockwood & Co. And what else happens? Urona returns for season two on Paramount Plus, and Dear Edward comes to Apple... So we'll be up to our eyeballs in some of those. Until then, however, pilot out.